Praise the Lord, everybody. So good to be in the house of the Lord and be in our very first service of 2018. I'm always amazed that we're even still here another year. I believe the Lord is coming so soon that I don't, I don't see us getting all the way through 18. I think the Lord is coming sooner than 2019. That's, uh, I've been saying that for a good while. Every year it's like, well, we're going to get through another year. I can't believe it. But the signs are all around us. And I feel this is a time to do some vision casting. I wish that I uh, physically felt better. But I have a message from the Lord tonight, and I believe God will strengthen us and help us. If you have your Bibles, we're looking in the book of Genesis. If you would turn with me, Genesis chapter 37. We're going to read a few verses here. We had, uh, I believe that the Lord is wanting to do a great work for his glory. And how many thinks that all the glory should go to the Lord? It should all go to the Lord. It has got anything to do with our great abilities or somebody did this right or that right. It's God's greatness and power that brings it about. And we are just instruments in his hands. I'm reading beginning in verse 3. And since you're standing, uh, I won't. I won't read more. <laughs> I won't read more than two or three chapters here. Uh, no, we'll just read a little bit. But let, let me read a tad. Verse three. Now Israel loved Joseph. That, of course, is Jacob. Jacob loved Joseph more than all his children. One time I preached an entire sermon explaining. The problem with the idea of loving one child more than another. And this chapter is that sermon because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors, which is very difficult to translate, by the way, but we'll leave it as that. He made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren or his other brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. That is, they couldn't, they couldn't stand to talk to him, in other words. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him, what? Yet the more. In other words, they didn't just hate him because he dreamed the dream, but because he had already been loved by their own father. And now he's, so in other words, you're going to get all this special treatment and, and then try to tell us you have a dream? And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream, which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheep. In other words, it bowed down. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? They were dumbfounded. And they hated him yet the more for his dreams. And for his words, and he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, behold, I have dreamed a dream more and behold the sun and the moon and the 11 stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren and his father rebuked him. Now I'm almost there. Stay with me. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, what? <laughs> what is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to, to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? And his brethren envied him. Everyone say envied him. Now skip down uh, to verse 20. So in verse 20, we see the end of this. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say some evil beast hath devoured him and we shall see what will become of his dreams. That was the, that was their attitude toward it. So they envied or were jealous of him. But. Verse 11, this is my text. His father. Observed 
the same. Now let me read this. I'm gonna cho I've chosen the New Living, which I favor quite a bit <clears throat> for odd reasons that will don't matter tonight. But I'm going to use it to read my text again. So the King James and his brethren, his, his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. Okay? Now let's read it from the New Living. But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered. Aha! What does this dream mean? Tonight I'm going to cast a vision, however small it may be, and I want you to join in with me tonight by faith, and I want to preach a message entitled, The Wonder of the Divine Dream. The Wonder of a Divine Dream. Let's lay our Bibles down and let's pray together and let's ask God to let us catch the wonder of the vision that God has for Apostolic Tabernacle. Could we do that tonight? Come on, Father, we thank you. We feel the Holy Ghost right now. And we ask God that no matter what others do, they may deride it, they may not understand it, they may be jealous of it, whatever it may be. And I ask God that tonight we will not worry about what others think, but that we will get a hold of the wonder, Lord, of the divine purpose for our lives. Lord, I pray that we will be used of God in this last days. I pray that we will be humble servants, that we'll be more like Jesus every day, and that many, 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 many souls will come to God. Lord, we want to give you all of the glory because you alone are worthy. And Lord, we magnify your name. Every talent, everything, every preacher, every bit we're doing is for the glory of God. And we thank you for it and praise you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. <clears throat> I'm having uh, some uh, throat issues and, and other things, uh, uh, so bear with me. But uh, I want to, to talk to you tonight about the vision that God has, I believe, for, for this church. I don't think it encompasses... Uh, multiple years out. I don't know if the Lord's going to tarry 20 years. He hasn't shown me any, any dream or vision beyond uh, this year. It's not like I've asked him to do it. Not that he would do it, but I can tell you right now that God has a plan for this church this year. Anybody believe that tonight? God has a plan that includes things that will not always be easy for us to receive from the Lord. And even tonight as I'm as I'm preaching, you know, my, my demeanor is I, uh, I'm excited. I feel a great uh, unction about, of course, unction is a word. Uh, it's the Latin for anointing. But um, to be, uh, to have a, a desire to say something, to, to express it, and, to, and not only to you, but in the presence of the holy angels and every demon that would dare tread upon the holy ground that is in this place, that thinks they will stop you and that they will hold the church back. They do not understand the wonder of what God intends to do among the people that are submitted to him. It doesn't matter if we're weak or strong, smarter or not, or rich or poor. It makes no difference what your bank account is. What matters is that God has a plan. And there's something about the people of God. When they receive that deep desire to receive what God has for them, praise God. So we could kind of just talk about it because I'm uh, under some restrictions here in my, just my demeanor. But uh, I, I, want to, I want you to know, no matter how else this may come across, that this is a, a divine purpose, God's divine revelation for the, this tabernacle to recognize that we were not created. God doesn't have a plan for us to yawn our way through 2018. He isn't wanting us to be bored to tears. He is trying to show us that there is a powerful and mighty dream and vision that he has for this people. 
Praise God. That's why I wouldn't share this on a Sunday morning. I would not walk into this tabernacle on a Sunday morning with people that have never heard the gospel before and then venture to cast a vision like I'm doing tonight. It would be the wrong place, the wrong time. But I am talking to people tonight that you have seen it in your own soul and you know that God is talking to this church. It is a wonder to behold what God wants to do. It is more than we could ever imagine. God has things in store that are going to break down the very gates of hell. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, Joseph. The devil is a liar. (laughs) But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dream meant. Hallelujah. The brothers couldn't see past their jealousy. And so it is that many churches never experience the depth of revival because they have so much sin and things, or let's call it baggage, just to be nice, that keeps them from getting past their own sinfulness or their own jealousy because they didn't believe the dream in the first place. The brothers did not believe the dream. They thought it was youthful stupidity. I've heard entire sermons that Joseph was very foolish. In fact, I preached a sermon many years ago, and I repented of it later, that Joseph should have never shared his dream. He shouldn't have shared his dream. The Lord, boy, he got, well, when I got done with that sermon, the Lord said, you're not going to preach again until you repent of that sermon, because that is not the case. God used a youthful boy of 17, to demonstrate to all of the others, whoever they may be, including Jacob himself. Now, we all know that Joseph is not, uh, let's say, a senior to Jacob. We don't usually add the name Joseph into an account, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We don't add Joseph onto it. But God had a plan. You know, and you know that would be all right. Anybody just willing to do whatever God wants us to do? We don't care if Jacob, if they build a statue to Jacob, that's okay with us. Hey, let God use and bless anybody he chooses. But here we are. We have a dream. And it has come from heaven itself. And so Joseph dreamed a dream and his brothers could not receive it because they didn't believe it. Not for one minute. That's the way my parents talked. Not for one second. You know, I'd say, uh, my brothers would say, we didn't get into that. And my mom would say, I don't believe that for one second. And we knew how much she meant it by how, which word she used. If she said one minute, we thought we might get away with it. But if she said not one second, we knew we were goners. They didn't believe a word of it. They didn't believe it for one minute. (laughs) As far as they were concerned, this was stupidity on the part of of Joseph. And on top of it, they were already angry. And I want to tell you something, church. We need to get over it. We need to get over it. We need to get willing to say, Father, I want the Holy Ghost more than I want the daily bread that I eat. I need this to happen in my soul. Praise God. But so many people, they allowed their, their intellect or their degrees or their money or something to keep them from seeing the truth. So they were filled instead with resentment. Of course, you can't have jealousy without resentment. They're, they're twins. But there is such a thing as a divine dream. And Jacob was amazed, the Bible says, He wondered at what the dream meant. I'm taking this now from the the New Living, but of course I I know Hebrew, I teach Hebrew. I can tell you right now that's exactly what these words imply. And Jacob was amazed at the dream. And, uh, And do you know why? Because though its fulfillment was sketchy and mysterious and almost really uh, an oddity, uh, uh, out of sequence. It was as though uh, this doesn't make any sense. And I want to tell you, there's many a time that what God wanted to do didn't make any sense. But it doesn't matter what sense it makes. What matters is this is what God desires. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Praise God. 
Praise God. I'm, I'm flooded with, with the sense of the prophetic here tonight. Some, and so I'm saying things I don't want to say. I want to preach this. But uh, some time ago, I was at a university, and I, I was involved at it, and, and a, a uh, denominal, we'll call him a denominal uh, educator, said to me, he said, uh, he said, Talmadge, I want to tell you something. He said, uh, I, I'm, I want to talk to you because you're Pentecostal. And I said, okay. And he said, I, I want, I'm so, it's our church is hundreds of years old. And I knew what his church was. And he said, but there's something that is fascinating about you Pentecostals. And I said, oh, go, okay, good. And he said, and, and, and do you want to know what it is? I said, oh, I can't wait. He said, it fascinates me that your churches are filled with a bunch of nobody. Now, he was bragging. That was bra I was supposed to take this as a real high, uh, a, the highest of compliments. Your churches, in fact, he had just what led into the conversation was that he had never met a, uh, <laughs> he'd never met a, a person that believed like I did at a university before. He said, I thought they were all, uh, and I won't repeat it, but he said several things, and, and I said, oh, uh, and I remember thinking in my soul, and, and I, w I wasn't sure where he was going, so I was trying to be patient, and then he said, but I want to tell you something. It has taught me that it doesn't matter who a person is. It matters not their background or whether they're educated or what it is that they might or might not have. What matters is their passion. Their passion for what is true. And he said, I have learned from these people. And then he looked at me and he said something I've never had anyone say to me before. He said, please, Talmadge, whatever you do, don't ever walk away. What he was trying to tell me is, you're going to be tempted. You're going to be tempted. Because I know he, he went on a little bit and told me some things about people that he knew that he thought really were just normal people. Then they got so puffed up in themselves. Let me tell you, church, we, we have nothing to be puffed up about. I'm not talking about that. What I'm telling you is, though, that the, the devil knows that if he can get someone to get all wrapped up in themselves and, oh, man, look at how good I am or look what we've got, folks. Everything we've got, we've got because of the Holy Ghost. Everything God has given us is because of the grace of God. It is not because of who we are. I'm going to have to do this. I don't like to do it, but I have to. <coughs> And so it is that Jacob's understanding was sketchy and I'm going to say mysterious. It was such that he had no comprehension of what it, why, why, Lord, why would you give my, my son, my, the son of my old age, why would you? And I, I want to say tonight, I feel this. I want, to, I want to have every kind of reservation of what I'm about to say. But everything we're looking at here is a sign of the end time and the church in the last days. So it is that God has reserved the Holy Ghost outpouring to a last day generation. In the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now, there's going to be tons of criticism for that because there's not an ounce of examples of this through Scripture. But I see, of course, Brother French tells me that I see the rapture and everything. But uh, I could preach rapture uh, in Jonah and the whale. Do you want me to do it? I could do it right now. No, I'm just saying that I do see the coming of the Lord in so much of, of, of the analogies and the stories of Scripture. I mean, even David and Goliath to me is, I mean, I can see, the, I can see analogies to the coming of the Lord. But if there ever was an analogy to what God plans in the last days and for Joseph's dream and what God has desired, he said, how many knows that the Bible says their young men shall dream dreams? Praise God. And so it is that God has a plan and a purpose. 
and uh, he is working in, in powerful ways that we can't always comprehend. And that does, that's not casting any doubt on Jacob. Jacob is everything he ever was supposed to be. But God has a plan for Joseph. God has a plan in these last days that is going to astound people. But the difference was, while the brothers resented it and were jealous of the dream, Joseph, though seeing it in, let's say, awe and mystery, Jacob actually believed the dream was divine. And so I am calling tonight on Apostolic Tabernacle in 2018. No matter what else you may think, you know, some people will say, well, you know, I wish the carpet were green or I wish the walls were blue or, you know, everybody has their opinions. I just like it whatever way Sister French likes it, and that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with it. But uh, people have opinions. No, no problem with that. But I, when it comes to the dream and the vision of the last days for this church, we need to believe what God has said to us. We need to believe that God's purpose. Someone's going to say to me tonight, but Brother French, I'm nobody. I'm just working over here at the so-and-so, and I'm a nobody. And that is absolutely false. You are a child of God. You have been brought into the kingdom of God. And God has a plan. And Jacob sees that plan, and he says, I see wonder in what I am hearing. Praise God. Oh, let's clap our hands one more time. Come on, let's clap our hands. Let's tell the Lord I'm willing. I'm willing to believe it, no matter how mysterious or how unbelievable it may be. Praise God. Now, I have never said the Lord is coming this year. I've never said it. Any year. I have never said the Lord is coming this year because then I would be a false prophet and a fool because I neither know nor could I possibly know if the Lord was coming in any given year. But I have said, and as I'm now repeating myself, that the Lord, it seems to me, is going to come this year. We are as close as you can get, in my mind, to the coming of the Lord. In fact, I'm preparing an entire series that I did years ago uh, do you remember when I taught a whole series on Revelation? Were you there? All right. He looks so excited about it, so I just want to make sure. Uh, no, but I did teach a whole series, and I told the Lord I'll never teach Revelation again as long as I live. I said, I don't want to teach it. I believe it, but I don't. It's just too uh, massive and complicated, and I don't know what I'm talking about. And so I just said, never again. But I want to tell you something. There's something going on in our world, and I believe it is the dream and the vision of the last day church. God is getting ready to sound a trumpet in the eastern sky. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's getting a church ready. Now, a dream by definition is this. I read from now Webster's, a succession of, and I'm leaving some out to make it say what I wanted to say, but a succession of ideas or images present in the mind while asleep. That's a dream. That's just a, that's my condensed. I took the words from Webster's, but I left out the part I didn't want to say. So that's what the rest of it is. Let me say it again. A succession of ideas or images present in the mind while asleep. But a divine dream is a series of events that are placed in the heart or the soul by God. It's just like a, a, a I don't know what's the other kind of dream. A, a, well, I was going to say a real dream, but uh, it's just like a physical, natural, I don't know the word to use. Uh, let's call it a normal dream. A normal dream and a divine dream are the same, except the series of events that are placed in the heart were placed there by God. Therefore, it is a supernatural vision of things that you can count on. If God said it, how many knows that it's true? 
doesn't matter what anybody says. Hallelujah. I'm going to say this, and I've, I've, I don't have the strength really to, to, to do what I'm trying to do, but I, I, I'm going to keep giving you exactly what the Lord has given me tonight. Uh, some years ago, I was, we were meeting last night with Brother Huntley over in McDonough, and it was a great meeting, and Brother Huntley preached such a great sermon. And the entire service, they asked me to uh, sit up there where the ministers were, so I went up there. And uh, it reminded me of some years ago, Sister French will remember this, I was working on uh, some work at the university, I was traveling to England, and I was as broke as a flitter. Have you ever been broke as a flitter? All right, some of you never were. I can tell you were never broke as a flitter. Um, but that's, uh, that means something somewhere. In, in our home in, <laughs> in Arkansas, uh, a flitter is, uh, nobody knows what a flitter is. But it, it, when you're that broke, you are, you are gone. And I mean, I, God had told me not to worry. And I told my wife, I said, the Lord said, don't worry. Don't worry. And she said, well, all right. And she didn't worry. And I just kept right on worrying. And, and I went over and there, there was all kinds of things going on with my degree. And there was this Trinitarian professor who said he didn't believe oneness people should even be allowed in the university and all this stuff. And then we became friends, and just lots of these things were happening, and, and times of discouragement. And I was working on the final two chapters, and this took seven years of work. I mean, it was just enough to drive you crazy. And we were in the last two chapters, and Brother French was evangelized. I, I don't want to embarrass him, but uh, he became so ill with this is the best. Sister French could preach this better, but this, this is my uh, recollection of this. Um, and so this is the truth. This is the real version of it. All right. That he got so ill that they, we thought he had uh, a flu. Uh, well, I won't say what kind of flu. Uh, a flu. All right. And it was very serious. And it was a, a, a very, uh, um, very, very serious. I, I've never, I, I've seen him through many things. And I, I'm going to be careful here. Uh, try to get off of this. But. Uh, we were in Durham, and 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 we were going through this time, and 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 I was having to go back, and they called me from England, and they said you've got to come back one more time, and I said, okay, that's it, I'm done, I'm not coming back. That's what you call a tantrum. And this was the head of the department, and they said they were stunned. I said, I'm over, it's, I'm done. You told me. That last time, that was it. I've given that Trinitarian fella <laughs> everything I can give him. If he doesn't like it, then he can seek the Holy Ghost. And so, uh, I mean, I was so frustrated. And then we were in the middle of all this, and Ryan comes down. Didn't, didn't, they, didn't we originally think it was what they call the swine flu? Is that true? Okay, you can preach. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to call it the swine flu. Turns out it wasn't the precise swine flu. I can't preach anything because Sister French knows everything exactly right, and I don't. Both Sister Frenches, I know. So, um, so it turned out it's got a name this long, and it was something else, and it was, I mean, we, we were really, I'm telling you, I've never been any more frightened than I was. And, and the university's breathing down my neck, and I've been working for seven years, and I thought I was going to, and they had already said, if you don't get it in within a certain time, uh, I mean, I could have gone 10 years, but th this one fellow was saying, he's, you know, we, we're not going to, you know, we don't like it because one of his people are here, and all this stuff, and, uh, and, uh, and, and Brother French became so ill. How long was uh, Ryan in the hospital? For three weeks. Three weeks. He's 20-something years old. 27 years ago, so whatever, added up, 27 years old. And, and all I could do was scratch my head and the Lord kept saying, don't worry, don't worry. I was like, Lord, I'm not worrying, I'm just having a heart attack. So <laughs> what, what do I do? I, I'm trying not to worry and, and my family and all the different things that were going on and and so Brother Huntley called me in the middle of it. I've never told this 
before, but I, all, that's all I could think of with, uh, last night as we were fellowshipping. And he knew I was going through uh, time. He knew all about it. I, I became a very close uh, friend. And uh, he come, walked up to me and he says, <laughs> I want you to go to this meeting with me. And I said, okay. He said, it's down in Louisiana. Was it Louisiana? Miss, whatever, someplace. And uh, you're going to go with me. And I said, well, I, I'm working. I've got to turn. No, you're going with me. I said, okay. And uh, I, said, yeah, I said, where is it at? And he said, well, it's, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm taking you. And you're going to go with me. You're going to be my guest of honor at this meeting. I didn't know he was preaching it. And so we get there. And the whole time I'm thinking, Lord, what is going on? What, what, are you, what am I doing here? I don't even know what I'm, I'm here. Brother Huntley, this great man of God, and here I am, this guy over here flopping around and, uh, and, and is, it broke as a flitter and everything else, and I'm over here with the preacher. And he just treated me like I was royalty. And uh, we walked into the service, and, and his uh, uh, kindness and his enthusiasm, and he, of course, he'd known all about all of this, Brother French's being ill and all of it. And uh, so I begin to feel this unction, this, this surging in that meeting. And so they said, Brother French, come here. You're going to sit right up here with Brother Huntley. I wasn't even in the meeting. I, I, and so you're, you're Brother French. You're coming up here and sitting with Brother Huntley. So I came up on the platform. There was like, I mean, it was packed. It was thousands of people there. And so this minister came and sat right next to me. And so and there, there was preachers all the, on the platform. Just they, The place was so packed they had to have preachers up there. So Brother Huntley turned around and said, just sit right there. Just stay right there. And so the Holy Ghost began to, I began to feel a, a, a surge of the Holy Ghost. And so I said, Lord, this is what I'm asking. I, I need an assurance not because I'm weak, because you already know I'm weak. But I need an assurance because I don't know what to do. I don't know what it is you're trying. You're trying to lead me. And I'm not sure what it is you're trying to say. And I cannot make it one more week without an answer. And it was a financial need and just to get through that week. And then I had to fly off to England and come back, and I was about to lose all of that. And the Lord said, don't worry. I'm sitting on the platform, and the service is going. Brother Huntley gets up, and he's just going and preaching. And, and I said, Lord, here's what I need. I'm not worried. Here's what I need. I need you to talk to somebody. So I know you talk to them and have them come to me because most people wouldn't do it. They have no idea that I'm going through this and they're not going to walk up to me and say, Brother French, here's X amount of money. Whatever it is, you talk to them and you let me know you did it. Do you know what happened? Do you know what happened? The man sitting next to me. He turned to me. He said, Reverend French, he said, I know. And he said, I know you. I've read your this books and blah, 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 blah. I wanted to say. <laughs> and I'm embarrassed. I am so embarrassed. But the Holy Ghost just talked to me. And said, I'm to give you this and he reached in his pocket and had a wad of money and he handed it to me and I know exactly how much it was I'm not going to tell you it was a bunch of money and I said uh, I, I was I couldn't believe it I thought the Lord at least talked to somebody a few rows over and so uh, he handed me the money and so I took it and then they stood up and everybody was praying and, and then he turned to me and tears running down his face he said Give me that money back. And I, I said, uh, 
okay. And I was trying to find it. I thought, Lord, you didn't have to. Uh, uh, I didn't mean that. And so I, I got the money. I handed him the money. He said, that's not what the Lord told me to do. And he got his checkbook out. And he wrote the check for the exact amount of money that I needed and that I had prayed for. Exactly. And I began to weep and I hugged his neck. Now, you say, why are you sharing something that personal? You don't, we're not going to tell that to everybody in the world. I just did, I imagine, you know. But the point is that I said, Lord, I don't care what comes. If you're that close to me and you can speak to whosoever you will, I'm going to put my trust in what you're doing. And it doesn't matter what people think or what they say. I'm getting a hold of this. Church, what I'm trying to tell you is we can put our trust in God. We can put our trust in the vision that God has for us. Let's clap our hands. Come on. Let's give him praise. Hallelujah. As we open the door wide to 2018, I believe the Holy Ghost is calling us to swing wide the door to our hearts regarding the divine plan for us. God has a plan that would probably make us nervous if he told it to us exactly. If we, like Joseph, can believe the dream placed within the church, we can realize and actualize the wonder. If we will believe God, could we just lift our hands and say, God, I want to believe everything you desire from me. I want, I know I'm not worthy. I know I'm not good enough. I know I'm not what I should be. I know I'm not ever going to be exactly what I should be. But I want to believe the purpose and the plan that you have for me, Lord. Praise God. And so it is. If like his brothers, though, we recoil and doubt then we too will be destined to merely bow to others. We will simply be sitting around bowing and cowering instead of becoming what God has intended for us. Even as it takes place before our very eyes, as we peer through the window as a spectator, so it was with Joseph's brothers. Now, what am I saying? I don't believe for a minute that we're going to choose to be the spectator brother peering through the window. I believe that God has a purpose that we're going to embrace tonight through the power of the Holy Ghost. I don't believe that we are satisfied to advance our own self our own cause and abandon God's plan and God's dream that uh, he has placed in us by the Holy Ghost. No, not when we're destined to divine exploits. God has a plan on our behalf. It could be that somebody's sitting right next to you. God has a purpose that has placed you higher than you ever thought you could go before. Joseph was rejected because he was merely 17. It didn't seem right that he would be singled out and uh, the brothers excluded and so on. And all that, I understand that makes sense. I'm, I'm not suggesting there are times when younger brothers, uh, th th I understand it, that th there are many younger brothers that were younger brothers. That's just the way it was. But sometimes God reverses order. Sometimes God says, I have, I have brought, anybody here believe that God brought Brother and Sister Cole to, to this church? Anybody believe that God had a plan in bringing the Coles to this church? Hallelujah. There's an old song, I don't know how old it is, but it says he didn't bring us this far to leave us. God didn't bring the Coles and them give their lives just so it would go like that. No, God brought the coals here because God has a plan that exceeds our expectations. Hallelujah. I wish I had the voice to preach this tonight. So sin put its stranglehold through these brothers on God's will. In other words, they went and they took his coat. And so I'm not going to preach that, but they, they, they were going to kill him. And then the brother said, don't, don't, don't kill him. Let's just, just pretend he's dead and tell daddy's dead and all that. And they thought they were really cool and really something. You know, sometimes when we are violating the plan of God, when we are killing the dream, as it were, God wants us to embrace the dream. God wants us to say, yes, Lord, if you want the brother there, then let the brother be over there. But I want to fulfill the purpose of God 
The next great event for the believing church is the rapture of the saints. And I believe it with all my heart. And then that will be followed by the tribulation slow calling of Israel back to God. That is exactly what scripture teaches. And I'm going to preach it until Jesus comes. The church is going to be raptured. Many will make it and many will not make it. And then will come tribulation upon this world. And Israel will be center focus. And Jerusalem will be right in the middle of it all. It's coming. It could be 2018. And so there will also be uh, the resentfulness of those that say, uh, we, we don't, we're, we're not so silly as to believe in raptures and people being caught away in the twinkling of an eye. And that's just a bunch of hocus pocus and so on. Well, if you think that's hocus pocus, then, then go ahead and play cards and do what you're doing. And I'm going to keep preaching that Jesus is coming and that the church is alive and well. And I had a dream and I'm trusting God and no devil in hell is going to take this dream from us. Will we be resentful or will we be ready? That's the question. Jacob is wondering in amazement at his son's dream. What does this mean? Can you say that with me? What does this mean? You know, sometimes wonder is valuable. Sometimes not knowing everything is better than you knowing everything. Sometimes it's important for you to recognize that God gives you something bigger than you are so that you can wonder upon it, so you can see the amazement of it, so you can love it with all of your heart without being the God of it. The God of it is the one who gave the dream and gave its purpose. Joseph's brothers, by their own actions, ended up in famine-ridden lands while Joseph was divinely elevated. Not, not himself, not arrogantly. None of us need to be elevated in that way. But divinely elevated to rule and reign, as it were, precisely as the dream had shown them it would take place. And so it is, I believe, that apostolic tabernacle has... A purpose. It is rooted in the divine plan of God. It goes all the way back to the days when brother and sister Cole received that first vision to come to Jonesboro, to come to Atlanta. And the Holy Ghost said, brother and sister Cole, come on over to Atlanta. I want to tell you something. That dream is very much alive tonight. It is alive in the house of God. It is in the bosom of Joseph. Praise God. And who was Joseph anyway? Who in the world was Joseph? Well, somebody God chose. That's who he was. He was chosen by God. But that is what faith does. It calls us beyond ourselves. People who were not a people are born into a kingdom so amazing that it lifts them beyond their limitations. Is anybody glad that you got the Holy Ghost? Is anybody glad that God included you and beyond their old natures? I used to be a sinner, but I wouldn't be again. That's one of the first apostolic songs I heard. I was Church of God, and I, I would listen to you all singing. And I heard this group, I, they reminded me of it last night. They didn't realize it, but they were talking about the couple. They, I never said a word, but that's who they were talking about. They were at the table, and they mentioned this bunch of preachers. I forget why they brought them up. That's the group that I first heard when I realized there was a Jesus name people that loved holiness and they were singing. Well, they sang a bunch of stuff, but uh, I'm not going to say who they were because it doesn't matter who they were uh, at this point. And, and they used to sing a song. They sing. Uh, uh, I, I got to make the songs up, but I, I'll give you kind of an idea. Um, uh, <clears throat> the song went something like this. Well, I used to be a sinner, but I wouldn't be again. I don't know when the journey's going to end. I remember that part. Oh, hallelujah. And so you're saying, well, that's horrific, Brother French. Uh, okay, but it, it's supposed to be wonderful. And what I was trying to show you is that they were singing these amazing songs. If I could, every time I think about it, I get goosebumps. And God was using some singer, somebody I never heard of, but God used it to begin to get a hold of a young man that God had a plan for. Wow. 
You see, beyond our own limitations, we're transformed from our past and our own sinful selves, our wasted lives to new creatures in the spirit. I don't care if the devil's mad or jealous or reigning all over the parade. He is a liar. He tries to take everything that God planned. He tells us nobody wants holiness when people are hungering for holiness, that nobody's interested, that it's hopeless. And I'm telling you, he's a liar, that that's the nightmare of hell that tells us that. That's not the dream. It's all lies. And he thinks, of course, if you say it, you know, that's what lies are. They're told to be believed even though they're false. Our God, though, is able. The Hebrew boys dared to believe God was able. And you see that though they went ahead and threw them into the fiery furnace, the fire could not burn them. And Joseph, in the same way, ended up exactly where God wanted him. He ended up, even though he went through, I'm not minimizing what Joseph went through. I heard Joseph went through more than I'd ever think of going through. But all of that, he ended up just where God wanted him to be. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He ended up exactly where God intended for him to be. Here I am, there he is. God knows what he's doing. God knows exactly how to position us where he wants us to be. Come on, church, let's give him some praise. Let's tell him we're willing to be used, whatever the cost may be. Father, we thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. He ended up second only to Pharaoh and ended up saving a starving world, all because he dared believe the divine dream. So who are we really following anyway? If God said it, then that settles it. The church believes the word of God. Anybody here believe the word of God tonight? I believe the word of God. And we all act on what we believe. In other words, if you think service is over, I didn't say want service to be over. I said you, you believe service is over, then you don't just keep sitting there. You act on what you believe. It's true of everything. Someone said something, well, anything, then you hear it, you're going to respond. You're going to act on what you believe to be true. If you trust someone, they say something, you think it's so, then you act upon it. So Jesus does that to his believers. So remember when Jesus demonstrated his own power and it impacted the desire of the apostles. In other words, he passed his dream. He passed his dream along to those that were following him. And so he purposely reserved a miracle that was so astounding that it would be remembered for, for centuries upon centuries upon centuries. He demonstrated his own power and it impacted the desire of the apostles to do as Jesus did. And the most powerful example is that time in Jesus' ministry right after the 5,000. Now, there was another time where 4,000 were fed, and that's interesting, but I'm not referring to it. I'm referring to Matthew uh, 14, whatever in there, when he fed the 5,000, and it was an absolute miracle. They saw that he was compassionate. He had sent them away or they were trying to send the people away and he saw their need and their hunger they were way out in the uh, area where there was no mcdonald's they couldn't get to a burger king and so jesus had compassion and the disciples saw how he took five small loaves of bread and two fish is specific and there are other examples with other numbers but this particular day he, they only had, the, he, he asked them how many, now he knew how many, but he said how many. That was so that our dream could be building. And he said, how many, <laughs> how, how many loaves do we <laughs> Like it made any difference. What if they had said 12 loaves, you know? And there's 5,000 people. What if they had said 25 loaves or 100 loaves? It wouldn't have made any difference. It had nothing to do with the number of loaves. It was to, inst it was to burn that dream into the hearts of his, of his disciples. And he said, how many, how many loaves do we have? Like he didn't know there were five. Of course he knew there were five. And they said, uh, one, two, three, four, five. Oh, Lord, just, just five. That's all we have is five. 
and we only have these two little, I, I'm not sure if it says little, but I think it says, and otherwise I'm not looking at the text, I'm just, I'm just referring to it. I think it says little fish. But anyway, even if they were whales, <laughs> it wouldn't have made a huge difference. Especially me, I don't eat whale. But anyway, so they said, uh, how many fish? And they said, just two little fish, little, uh, the kind that Brother French catches. And, and uh, <laughs> no, I, I had to, I wanted to get him back, so I got him back. Um, so, uh, and he said, all right, all right. I'm going to place this dream so deep into your soul that you will never be the same. He said, bring me those, those, those loaves and, and I need those two, two fish. And so then what did Jesus do? He, he blessed it and he made a big, I'm, I don't mean this in any irris, uh, disrespectful way, but he, he broke the bread and he blessed it. And he made, so in other words, this is what I mean by, not, I don't mean disrespect here, but he, he made a big deal of it. He, he prayed and he made it, gave, made all, so everybody noticed. And I can just guarantee you that those men and all those roundabout waiting to see what was about to happen were thinking, oh my goodness, what in the world is he doing? What is he needing just five, five loaves? Or what's it? We don't want it. I, I can hear uh, Peter saying, well, if he hands it to me, I'm going to say, I'm going to give mine to this, this poor child over here. You know good and well they had no idea what was about to happen. And the Bible says he broke the bread and he handed it to his disciples. And then in their hands, they begin to hand out those pieces of broken bread and Every time they would pull a piece off, it would get bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> and, they're, and they're realizing, have you ever been in the middle of a miracle? It was an absolute unbelievable vision of the miracle working power of God. And you couldn't believe what you were seeing? That's what God wants to do at Apostolic Tabernacle. He wants us to be so amazed at his glory that we weep without even realizing the tears are running, that we are so surrendered to his purpose. And when the devil walks in and thinks he's going to stop it, the Holy Ghost stops him dead in his tracks because God is transferring the dream to his disciples. That miracle was transferred into their hands. They distributed that miracle because Jesus was placing the divine dream into their hearts. That's what God is doing in 2018. Let's demonstrate that further. Jen, give me one more second. What happened immediately after the disciples participated in the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000? I'll tell you. Jesus watched at his, as his disciples very naively, or maybe wrong word, but very unsuspecting. Maybe that's okay. They were unsuspecting. Jesus knew a great storm was brewing. He knew all about it. He had just transferred that dream into their soul. And they step onto the ship, and he says, I'm going to the mountain to pray. You go across to the other side. Now, I've preached three sermons to my, my remembrance over the years, all totally different sermons about going to the other side. When you had open heart surgery, I preached a sermon that sometimes God sends you to the other side. And you don't know what to expect when you're going to get over there. And Jesus goes up into the mountains and he watches. And the storm brews and, and it's about to capsize and you know the story. And the disciples took to the ship and he went to the mountain and he put that dream deeper into their soul by linking this storm. Someone said, it seems like every time I get a blessing, something happens. That's because God is, is driving the dream deep into the heart of the church. Just when 
see, the devil thinks that the storm is going to drive you away from God. But God knows <laughs> that it's driving the dream deeper into our soul. And so you're almost not going to make it. And so you pray, Lord, talk to somebody. Help me, Lord. And the fellow next to you says, God, just talk to me. I want to tell you, my friend, we serve a God that can walk on the water to our problem. And that's what he did. Suddenly, there he appeared, Jesus walking on the water. Walking right on top of the water. Scared the, uh, well, you know, scared the apostles. <laughs> you see, when you believe, the divine dream then becomes a wonder that penetrates your very heart. Peter said, what did Peter say when he saw Jesus walking on the water? I'm done here, but I want you to receive it tonight. I believe it is the will of God. So he sees Jesus. Now this is startling. I've often wondered. I believe this is a revelation for me as a pastor. I believe God has given this to me as a revelation tonight. When Peter saw Jesus walking on the water, you would think he would say, Oh, Jesus, come and get on board. Come on, Jesus. But what did he say? He said, Jesus, let me come out on the water with you. So Peter stepped into the power of the wonder of the miracle dream that God had given to the church. And he steps out on the water. Now, none of the others did, but Peter did. You know why? Because Jesus had set this all up. He knew that Peter needed this dream. Because, you know, later they would crucify him upside down. They would drive nails in his hands. and He would say, turn it upside I'm not worthy to die like my Lord. Turn it upside down. And he died as the blood ran down his forehead. But he did it rejoicing that he was worthy to suffer because God had placed that dream so deep in his soul. No devil could ever take it away. Let's lift our hands and let's praise God. Let's ask God to give this tabernacle, Lord, a greater vision than we've ever had and a greater purpose than we've ever known. Lord, like Peter, we want to step out in the wonder. We want to walk on top of this sinking, this sinking situation, and we want to trust God for these last days. Let's stand. I'm, I'm all done. I want us to stand together. I want us to pray. Here we are, Sunday night of a brand new year. Lots going to happen if the Lord should tarry. Now, church, I want you to promise me tonight that you'll keep your eyes on the eastern sky that you won't get your eyes off of, of heaven. You've got, if, you, if you've got any dream at all, you need to be dreaming that heaven is very near. We're getting ready to walk right in, and I'm going to, oh, I got, I got so many plans. I'm going to, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? I got all kinds of plans, and I'm getting ready to leave this world, and we need to take somebody with us. Come on, let's clap our hands together, and let's give God some praise. Father, we magnify your name right now. And we give you the glory and the praise. Our musicians are coming. We're going to close this service out with a time of prayer. I wonder if we could just gather as close as we can. And we're going to make a commitment to someone tonight that is hungry and needs, and needs bread and fish. They need the touch of the master's hand. But it's going to go through your hands. God's going to place it in your hands. That's how he's going to make the dream get deeper and deeper into our souls tonight. So I wonder if we could just gather. Let's get as close as you can. And we're going to, we'll let them sing. I just mainly want us to make a 2018 commitment. If you're near a friend or a family member or somebody, a sister, brother, that you feel comfortable with, I want you to just kind of put your arm around them or take them by the hand. Some, somewhere or another, find somebody you can pray with. It doesn't matter how big the group is, but don't, don't let anybody just be all by themselves. If, if you don't even know them, just let them kind of join you there. Praise God. As they sing this, I wonder if we could pray for one another right now. That's it. Take someone by the hand. Let's pray for one another right now. Father, Lord, I, I feel something very powerful happening. 
Lord, it's not just not, not just Atlanta. It's deeper than Atlanta. Lord, it's greater than just this tabernacle right here. Something powerful. Lord, we thank you for it. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for every family member. Pray for every saint. Ask God that our hearts will be knit together. Lord, I pray for the, the individual needs right now of every one of these in this place. And whatever we have to face, Lord, whatever it is we have to go through, our heart is still set on heaven. We're hungry for heaven. We're hungry for God. That's it. Come on, let's lift our heart to heaven. Oh, yes. Lord, I'm giving my faith. I'm committing myself. Lord, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. I'm not doing it because it's uh, convenient. I'm doing it because I've got a, you gave me a vision. You put a dream in my soul. Oh, hallelujah. You put it down deep in my heart. And I want to walk on the water. I want to walk on the water, Jesus. I want to walk on the water tonight. I want to go with my brother. I want to be there, Lord. I want to be there where you are, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, not because I'm worthy, but because I'm filled with a vision. I've been, the dream has been pushed deep into my very soul. And I thank you for it. across this building let's just lift our hands together we're going to be dismissed but let's just give him let's take a moment just take a moment and love him just give him a little bit of worship and praise father here we are we don't know what what's going to happen before morning but we're in the house of god lord we're in awe of the wonder of what you want to do in the midst of your people. And Lord, we're going to trust you for it. We're going to praise you for it and give you the praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Now, I want to I want to prophesy. I want you to bow your heads. I'm, I don't have a lot of strength to, to do this, but I want to speak a word from the Lord. You have waited for them to come to God. You have dreamed of it. It is your heart's desire. And I am the God that has put that in your heart. And this is the time when I will lead them to the altar. You trust me because it will come to pass. I will do it, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're able to do it. You long to do it. Praise God. Did you know God can change your heart? He can change your heart. You say, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, that's because you're not God. But God knows. He can change the situation. You say, well, I'm so hurt or I'm so uh, cold. Someone said, not too long ago, I'm, I'm cold. And I said, God can take care of it. But I'm cold. And like that was the end of everything. They're cold. No, I said, that's not the end of anything. God can take care of that. No matter how hard it is, God can take care of that. And he's getting ready to. I'm talking to you. I'm telling you. The Lord's talking to me. Praise God. Brother Walker, God. And we're so thankful Brother Walker's here. God's brought him here from way across state. Praise God. He's, he's a part. I want to tell you. See, God knew each of us would be standing here tonight. He knew what our circumstance would be. 
and he knew the conditions we would be facing. So I want us to bow our heads. Someone's going to be healed right now. I want you to believe God for it. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I feel healing flowing right now that will astound the doctors. I pray that the doctors will say, it's a miracle. I can't explain this. Lord, and I thank you for it. Lord, I praise you. Lord, you're going to reach beyond this city into nations, far off nations. You're going to use the faith, Lord, and the dream of this church right here to touch our world from one local church. And then you're going to encircle us with church after church, Lord, that are going to be a part of this vision. And I thank you for it. Father, some are suffering tonight. Many are sick. Lord, there are some that don't know what to do. Lord, I pray that you will help them right now. Let them see. Let them know that you're there. Speak to them or to somebody near them and give them assurance. And Lord, I thank you. You brought us in to 2018. We give you praise for a marvelous weekend and for all that you're doing in our midst. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you. Turn to your neighbor. Smile at somebody. Shake hands. You're dismissed.